Bruce's Big Storm by Ryan T. Higgins. Bruce was a bear who did not like neighbors. Neighbors are very loud. Vroom, vroom. Hi, Bruce. Want a ride? They always interrupted. Brownie? And pestering. Want to play flying pan ball? Worse, still neighbors live all over Bruce's neighborhood. Hi, neighbor. Do you have any robotic laser cutters I could borrow? Bruce's neighbors were always coming and going, but at least none of them stayed very long until the day of the big storm. Soggy Hazel's weather today will have rain that is very wet and windy that is very windy. Sorry to bother you, but can we please stay here during the storm? Bruce did not want visitors. He wanted to wait out the storm in peace and quiet. But not everyone felt that way. Epic storms are less scary when you're together. Let's invite everyone to play games in our pajamas. I love pajama parties and we don't even have pajamas. As the rain started to fall, and the winds got windier. More and more animals began to arrive. Finally, the whole neighborhood was there. Wait, said Rupert. Someone is still outside. Everyone went over to the window to look. Well, almost everyone. There was a little bunny Side in the storm. Someone has to save her, shouted Thistle. I'm on my way, said Nibs as he ran out the door. But the big storm was too much for the little mouse. In his hurry, Nibs got a little carried away. Ah! Oh, look, I can see my house from here. Nib's rescue mission was not going as planned. I'm here to rescue you, but I need you to help me down first. It's okay. This is all part of my plan. Swoosh! They needed a little more help. Bruce, you came to save us. You took my favorite umbrella. Maybe we need a plan, a new plan. Everyone had to pitch in and together they pulled the bunny, the mouse, and the grumpy old bear back to safety along with the umbrella. It had been quite an adventure. Everyone take one of Bruce's clean towels Bruce did not like adventures. While the storm raged on outside, Bruce's visitors, cozy and warm, played games to pass the time. Duck, duck, Bruce! 
you're it. Bruce did not like games. Then one last guest arrived. A great big oak tree. And it didn't knock. Crash! Battle stations, bring me a chainsaw. I'm allergic to acorns. They were all okay, but the house was not. I think you might have a leak. Still, everyone found a safe, dry corner to spend the night. Come morning, Bruce's house did not look so great. Soon, Bruce's neighbors went back to their own homes, leaving Bruce behind to grumble in the rubble. But not for long. Tap, 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 tap. Now what? All of Soggy Hollow, every neighbor came back to lend a hand, a hoof, paw, or wing to help Bruce rebuild. Over time, Bruce's house was put back together even better than before. We call this edition the Rumpus Room. It's for rump using. It became a popular place in Soggy Hollow for all the neighbors to gather and have fun. I have five old maids. You haven't, you can't have five old maids in poker. I thought we were playing goldfish. Hey, who's eating on the poker chips? I thought they were crackers. Knock, 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 knock. Bruce did not like fun, and he still did not like neighbors. But they sure liked him. You've been elected to be our den mother. The end. What If, written by Samantha Berger, illustrated by Mike Curato. With a pencil and paper, I write and draw art to create many stories that come from my heart. But what if that pencil one day disappeared? I'd fold up the paper till stories appeared. And what if that paper was no longer there? I'd chisel the table and then carve the chair. And what if there wasn't a chair here at all? I'd chip and I'd peel at the paint on the wall. What if there wasn't a wall anymore? I might build a story from boards in the floor. Without any floor, I could still use the land and sketch out a tail in the dirt with my hand. I could still shape the leaves. I could still sculpt the snow. I could still plant the flowers and make kingdoms grow. Without any land, I would still use the light, invent shadow stories. The sun would ignite. If there was no light, I, I still would use my voice to sing 
out my stories to chant and rejoice. I'd still have my body to twist and bend to dance out my stories beginning to end. If I had nothing, there'd always be the stories to seek and to find, but still had my mind. I know nothing. If I know nothing but one bit of fate, as long as I live, I will always create. As long as I live, I will always create. The end. Hey, that's my monster. Written by Amanda Knoll. Illustrated by Howard McWilliam. Tonight I went to look under the bed for my monster. I phoned this note instead. So long, kid. Got to go. Someone needs me more than you do, Gabe. What? Gabe was my monster. Nobody needed him more than me. But someone sure did need a monster. My little sister, Emma. Now that Emma slept in a toddler bed, she liked to climb out bed, roam the house, and play noisy games at night. I knew a monster would keep her in bed so she could fall asleep. But not my monster. I had to get Gabe back. I tiptoed across the hall to Emma's room. She wasn't even there. But Gabe was. I gulped, zoomed across the carpet, and leaped onto Emma's bed before Gabe could grab my toes. Gabe, I whispered, please go back to our room. I'll get Emma to sleep. You? <laughs> he snorted. You're gonna get her to sleep? Ha! That's a good one. But you know what? I like you, kid. So I'll give you three chances. If she's not asleep, I'll be back. And Gabe was gone. Just then, Emma toddled into the room. She clearly needed a monster. Maybe she didn't know how to get one, but I did. Hey, Emma, I said, let's play. Can you knock on the floor? Emma knocked with a dinosaur. It worked. I heard some creaking on the Emma's bed. Then something sniffled and squelched and dripped. So far, so good, I thought. This monster sounds scary enough for Emma. But Emma kept playing. A slime-covered monster slid out. It oozed towards Emma. Icky! <laughs> she laughed, wiping one of the monster's noses. Icky! Wipe! Emma wasn't scared at all. Excuse me, I said to the monster. I didn't catch your name. Bye, name is Agatha she said, through stuffed noses. Type bed, Emma. Emma giggled and wiped some more. I knew this wouldn't work. Thanks, Agatha, nice try. But I think we need a monster with claws. Agatha snuffled and then she was gone. Emma, I called again. She knocked on the floor with a teapot this time. 
and I heard more creaking. But then the sticky tail slithered out from under the bed. The second monster was Rast. I'm Cynthia. Much better, I thought. When I saw the jagged claws, Cynthia might be the perfect monster for Emma. But Emma blinked and said, Pretty! Then she decorated Cynthia's tail with bracelets. Ugh, Cynthia snarled. I'm not here to play dress up. I'm here to scare you into bed. Cynthia rattled loudly, but Emma danced to the beat. I'm sorry, Cynthia, I said. This isn't going to work. Well, I never, she sniffed. And then she was gone. Cynthia, Cynthia, come back, Emma demanded, stomping on the floor. Excellent, I thought. Maybe that would summon the perfect monster for Emma. Tentacles swarmed from under the bed, and an icy voice called, Ooh! I shrank back into horror, horror, but Emma was enchanted. Who's out of bed? The monster continued. Come to Vladimir. Emma high-fived one of the tentacles and the third monster emerged. I already had doubts about this one, but he was my last chance. Vladimir asked, can you get Emma to sleep? Yes, he hissed, reaching for Emma. I can get her. Emma giggled <laughs> and hopped over the tentacles like a jump ropes. Oh no, I bloated. She's not supposed to be having fun. This'll never work. Vlad's tentacles drooped. He slunk under the bed and he was gone. Sorry, Vlad, I called. Boy, was I sorry. I was about to lose Gabe forever. Now Emma was coloring and singing. Blah, 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 blah. Cynthia, Cynthia, ya, ya. Agafa, agafa, agafa. Gabe must have heard her because he was back. That's it, kid, he grunted. You had your three tries. Now it's my turn. Gabe's green ooze sizzled, sizzled across the floor as he growled. Put the crayon down. Emma peered at my hulking, sharp-clawed monster and said, Fuzzy! Hey, Gabe, I cheered. Emma isn't afraid of you. What? Gabe burst out from under the bed and loomed over Emma. Steam spurted from his ears. Get into bed! Gabe thundered. Emma hopped up, but she kept singing, Fuzzy, fuzzy monster! Gabe, I said, Emma's not scared enough to fall asleep. Please, let's go back to our room. No can do, kid, Gabe growled. I may not be the perfect monster for Emma, but I'm the best so far. At least she's in bed now. I gotta stay here. You're on your own. I knew Emma needed Gabe, but he was my monster. How was I ever going to get to sleep without him? Just then, we heard a tiny noise. Emma froze. Gabe and I peered under the bed. Stella, what are you doing here? Gabe asked. Hi, Gabe, Stella said, tugging, tugging at her tutu. You forgot your snack. Mama thought 
you'd be hungry. So she <laughs> sent this. Who knew Gabe had a little sister too? I thought Stella's hiccups were cute, but Emma obviously didn't. Stella sure noticed. She tiptoed closer, hiccuping every step. <laughs> From under her covers, Emma squeaked, Shoo! Shoo! Stella repeated. Oh, shoo! That's where toes go. I love toes. Stella crept towards Emma's feet. Emma squealed, scrunched in her toes in her feet and giggled. <laughs> no toes, no toes. Gab, Gabe laughed. Stella, it looks like you're the perfect monster for Emma. Now, if you don't mind, you can get her to go to sleep while I get back to what I do best. Stella nodded. <laughs> I sighed with relief and switched off Emma's lamp. Then I ran to my room, leaped into my bed, and scrunched in my feet so Gabe couldn't get them. I shivered happily. Emma had Stella. I had Gabe. Everything was back to normal. I shivered again. We'd all sleep. We'd all be asleep in no time. The end. Fresh Princess, written by Vanini Milner, illustrated by Gladys Jose. This is Destiny. Her dad calls her Princess, his fresh princess. Destiny likes a lot of things that princesses like. Poofy dresses and sparkly shoes, shiny crowns, her princess throne, and her royal subjects too. She's also really good at being really fresh. That means she's brave, has her own style, and is super smart. She shines like a new penny. Most days, being fresh is a good thing. Like when Destiny's big sister, Marley, teaches her how to double dutch and Destiny jumps and trips and struggles and jumps back in again, cool as she pleases, until she got licked. Today, Fresh Princess is not feeling fresh at all. That's because her family is moving to a new house in a new city. It's far away from everyone she knows and everyone and everything she loves. Destiny is not happy about that. Her dad tries to make it all better. That's his thing. Boobs get band-aids, belly aches get soft rubs, sleepy heads get goodnight kisses. Mwah. On this day, getting back to feeling joyful takes way more work. Her heart will need more to fill in the empty spaces her happy used to be. Destiny perks up a little bit when she sees her new room. It has potential, she says to herself. She imagines the magnificent cities she'll build over there, the fancy luncheons she'll host, 
and the new throne that will be the centerpiece of her new castle. Destiny finds a new favorite place where the daylight greets her every morning and the stars wink at her each night. She perks up a little bit more when she looks outside. Destiny listens to the rhymes as the double dutch rope skips a beat across the concrete. Bluebells cockshells, EVI over. The jumpers swing their hips and watch the ropes. Then they take flight. Destiny thinks it might be fun to jump in, but those kids are good, really good. So for now, she just watches. Her dad wants to help his fresh princess feel at home. So he invites her on a big adventure. One of his favorite things to do when he was a kid in this neighborhood was to ride the L train. Speeding at the top of the city made me feel like the king of the world, dad says. Let's go see your new kingdom. Madame, your royal carriage. Destiny takes her dad's hand, climbs the steps, and prances down the aisles to her royal seat. She giggles as the train picks up speed, whistling and whirling through West Philadelphia. Along the way, Destiny's dad points out love letters tucked on the building's rooftops and spines. Keep your head to the sky, fresh princess, he says as they roll on by. Destiny waves and bows kisses as the buildings salute her passing by. She does love what she sees, but still, she aches for home. Back at their new place, the kids are playing double dutch again. One of the girls flashes a smile and invites her to join. Destiny says, mm, no thanks. She's not ready for her public. Not yet, maybe soon. <laughs> Why aren't you playing double dutch? Asks Marley. You're just as good a jumper as anybody here. She says with a smile. What if I fall flat on my face? Asks Destiny. It wouldn't be the first time. Plus you just get back up again. You're the fresh princess. Destiny thinks about this and realizes she can do it. She grabs her sparkly sneakers and decides to get out there and show them how it's done. Can you jump? Asks one of the girls. She says her name is Mari. Destiny gives a slow, yes. Can you jump with us? Says Mari. Mara introduces Destiny to the block. They're Shani and Esty, Zoe and Zion, Miles and two Lilas. Finally, it's her go. Destiny takes her place next to the ropes and the turners swing the, uh, their arms. Cinderella, Justin Yella went upstairs to kiss her fella. Destiny takes a deep breath, swings her hips to the beat, and like the brave, fresh princess, jumps in. And the happiness she feels in this very moment 
Jumping high and free, surrounded by her new friends, is the freshest of all. The end. Best Friends in the Universe by Hector and Louis. Also by Stephanie Watson. Some drawings by Lee Unyan Pham. My name is Louis. Hey, I'm Hector. We are best friends. We're such best friends, we're writing a book about it. Introducing Best Friends in the Universe by Hector Louis. Want to know why we're best friends? There are five million reasons. We are both dying for a pet python. Our moms got us fish instead. We both named our fish Python. We both love jokes. Knock, knock. Who's there? Fish. Fish who? Fish you were a python. <laughs> when Louis says, dance party, instead of no way or why, I say, turn up the music. Up, up, up. Do this move. What? Do this move. What? Here's another reason why we're best friends. We keep each other's secrets. Like how one time Louis wet his pants after too much peanut butter toast milkshake. Hey, you just told everyone my secret. Oops, it slipped out. Oh yeah, so did this. Hector likes Linda Berger. Hey, now you told my secret. Linda Berger, kissy kissy. Pee pee pants, pee pee pants. Wah, wah. Linda, let's dance for a hundred hours, then get married. Get me a diaper, quick. Oops, too late. Our book needs a new cover again. Do over! Worst Friends in the Universe by Hector and Louis. Who is mean? Hector, who is mean? And Louis, who is meaner? I'm going to make up an ugly dance move called the Horrible Hector. I'm going to invent a disgusting, rotten drink called the Ike. Icky Louie. That's it. This book is canceled. We're not friends anymore. Oh, that's... My new best friend is Python. He knows how to keep secrets. I'm going to make my own book. My new best friend is Python. He could win the secret keeping Olympics. I'm going to make my own book too. Hey, Python. Dance party. Do this move. Do this move. Fish don't have a clue about dancing. <laughs> I miss Louie's laugh. I miss Louie. Forget the fish. Forget the fight. Friends. Best friends. Do over. Hector and Louie. Worst secret keepers in the universe. But still, best friends forever and ever. Dance party! 
Turn the music up, up, up. Hey, our book is almost over. Yeah, but our friendship's not. Hooray! The end. Unicorn day. Hooray, hooray, it's unicorn day. All unicorns display. No, when unicorns come to play, they are the free world they must obey. Unicorn day rules. Rule number one show off your horn. Be proud to be a unicorn. Rule number two wolf, wolf up the dot. That hair makes sure it's it's good and start and with real clear. Rule number three: Have fun, 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 fun. The this rule is the the most important one. In the world, where tall trees why they sing the song of Unicorn Day. Sunset flower, fairy wings. Nay, 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 nay. Dance and play. Today, a day for joyful things. Happy, happy Unicorn Day. <laughs> the kick there, who they jump into. And sparkle the foot, foot are near. They slide on rainbows in the air, and love to ride each each other's hair. They point their horns up to as the sky as they fly. Cupcakes rain down from the sky. Then, after they have had a bite, it's time to have a glitter fight. Uh oh, that's no unicorn. That's a horse. He turns around to leave. Of course, his horn not real. It's just pretend. 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 But they don't want to offend. They they tie the horn back on his head and gave him the the horse a hug and said that is it's. Then it's back to fun, fun, fun. That rule is the most important one. They march together, t- tall and proud, and soon have you hugged a unicorn today? Proud to be a unicorn. Free hugs. Yeah, for unicorn day. Unicorn Day. Some more friends join the crowd. Today is a f- day for joyful things. You unicorns, you are a star.
Clip, clip, clip. That, 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 along as everybody sings the song. Sing along. Cupcake sprinkles, cherry charge, starlight twink, tinklings, glowing hearts, shine from flowers, fairy wings. Today I'll day for joyful things. Nay, 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 dance and play. Happy, happy unicorn day. The end. Now you can. We Don't Eat Our Classmates by Ryan T. Higgins. Penelope Rex was nervous. It's not every day a little T-Rex starts school. What are my classmates going to be like? Will they be nice? How many teeth will they have? This was very important. Penelope's mom bought her a new backpack with ponies on it. Ponies were Penelope's favorite because ponies are delicious. Penelope's backpack, Penelope's dad packed her a lunch of 300 tuna sandwiches and one apple juice. Finally, the big day came and Penelope Rex was very surprised to find out that all her classmates were children. So she ate them because children are delicious. Penelope Rex said Miss Noodleman, we don't eat or classmates. Please spit them, spit them out at once. So she did. It was not the best way to start school. Still, Penelope was determined to have a good first day. She tried hard to make friends at recess. She finger painted some of her best work. She even saved Griffin Emery a seat at lunch. You can sit here. Penelope started to notice everyone was making friends but her. It was lonely. When she got home, her dad asked about her first day of school. I didn't make any friends, Penelope cried. None of the children wanted to play with me. Penelope Rex, her father asked. Did you eat your classmates? Well, maybe sort of just a little bit. Sometimes it's hard to make friends, said her dad, especially if you eat them. <laughs> you see, Penelope, children are the same as us on the inside, just tastier. That gave Penelope a lot to think about. The next day, Penelope tried really hard. But poor Penelope could not stop herself, herself from eating her classmates. Mrs. Noodleman, Penelope ate a motto again. 
and they were all afraid of her. Except Walter. Walter was a goldfish. So Penelope tried to make friends with him. Will you be my friend? Ouch. Chomp! Eee! Cried Penelope. He's eating my finger! Wah! Once Penelope found out what it was like to be someone's snack, she lost her appetite for children. She stopped eating her classmates, even when Cece Woodman spilled barbecue sauce all over herself. And soon, Penelope made friends. Found you! Want a brownie? I helped make them. Now, even when children look especially delicious, she peeks at Walter and remembers what it's like when someone tries to eat her. And Walter the goldfish stares right back at her and licks his lips. Because dinosaurs are delicious. The end. The portrait of the bit of thing earning amber. This above all two time nine time nine above be true Shakespeare Shakespeare a, a best friend's guide to life the importance of being Ernie Amber to everything Ernie is very Every bird out of there, and every rubber ducky too. One, how to be best friends forever. Friendship isn't a big thing. It's a it's a million little things usually spilled all over the floor. Finish the center. A long, a long time is a previous community. Time to wake up, a bird. Life is, is short. Then eat with people who let you try out new knock knock jokes. A, a friend knows the song in your heart and sings it back to you when you forget the words. I think. The song is in my heart. It's in instrumental. Instrumental. Good friends will, will, will tell you about that short on your face. Tips for getting along. Friends don't keep secrets, except for birth surprise party next week. Oops. Well, right at last. Least you now you're back to having no secrets. A friend is someone who knows everything about you and still likes you even after the chocolate cream pie. It's 
Is that here? Incident. Incident. A friend always remembers your birthday. A friend also remembers your half birthday. Okay. I know we're best friends because best friends bring out the best in each other. To be clear, this is your best tip for getting along. A true friend laughs at your jokes even when they're not funny. Ha ha ha! That wasn't wasn't a joke. I'm practicing. A good friend is like a hot chocolate. Both make you warm and fuzzy inside, but not hot chocolate never browns your socks while asking. True friends and comfortably comfortably sit in sound together. But why would they? Tip for getting along. Bert needs help making new friends. So it's sometimes I start connecting with the person on the other side of him. And he then stopped talking so they can get to along each other. Wait, you've been doing that on post Rubber ducky, that's your rubber, rubber ducky. Hey, you're that one. What? What does? What that make me? A friend is someone who lets you be yourself, but sometimes wishes you could be yourself more quietly. Bert, I think this is the beginning of beautiful friendship. We've known each other for years. Two, how to be good roommates. Be a roommate. Tip, tips, top tips for roommate living. Living. Treat others how you want to be treated. Please treat me just a simple and described. Described in the roommate contract you you signed it.
Hey, That's My Monster, written by Amanda Knoll, illustrated by Howard McWilliam. Tonight, when I looked under my bed for my monster, I found this note instead. So long, kid. Got to go. See, someone needs me more than you do, Gabe. What? Gabe was my monster. Nobody needed him more than me. But someone sure did need a monster, my little sister Emma. Now that Emma slept in a toddler bed, she liked to climb out, roam the house, and play noisy games at night. I knew a monster would keep her in bed so she could fall asleep. But not my monster. I had to get Gabe back. But Gabe was... I tiptoed across to Emma's room. She wasn't even there. But Gabe was... I gulped, zoomed across the carpet, and leaped onto Emma's bed before Gabe could grab my toes. Gabe, I whispered, please go back to our room. I'll get Emma to sleep. You? He snorted. <laughs> You're gonna get her asleep? Ha! That's a good one. But you know what? I like you, kid. So I'll give you three choice chances. If she's not asleep, I'll be back. And Gabe was gone. Just then, Emma toddled into the room. She clearly needed a monster. Maybe she didn't know how to get one, but I did. Hey, Emma, I said, let's play. Can you knock on the floor? Emma knocked with a dinosaur. It worked. I heard some creaking under Emma's bed. Then something sniffled and squelched and dripped. So far, so good, I thought. This monster sounds scary enough even for Emma. But Emma kept on playing. A slime-covered monster slid out. It oozed towards Emma. Icky, she laughed, wiping one of the monster's noses. Icky, why? Emma wasn't scared at all. Excuse me, I said to the mucus monster. I didn't catch your name. My name is Agatha, she said, through her stuffed noses. Take the bed, Emma. Emma giggled and wiped some more. I knew this wouldn't work. Thanks, Agatha. Nice try. But I think we need a monster with claws. Agatha snuffled, and then she was gone. Emma I coaxed again. Knock. She knocked on the floor with a teapot this time, and I heard more creaking. Then a slippery tail slithered out the un from under the bed. The second monster rasped. I'm Cynthia. Much better, I thought, when I saw the jagged claws. Cynthia might be the perfect monster for Emma. But Emma blinked and said, Pretty! 
Then she decorated Cynthia's tail with bracelets. Ugh, Cynthia snarled. I'm not here to play dress up. I'm here to scare you to bed, Cynthia rattled loudly. But Emma danced to the beat. I'm sorry, Cynthia, I said. This isn't going to work. Well, I never, she sniffled. And then she was gone. Cynthia, come back, Emma demanded, stomping on the floor. Excellent, I thought. Maybe that would summon the perfect monster for Emma. Tentacles swarmed from under the bed, and an icy voice called, Hoo! I shrank back in horror, but Emma was enchanted. Who's out of bed? The monster continued. Come to Vladimir. Emma high-fived one of the tentacles and the third monster emerged. I already had doubts about this one, but he was my last chance. Vladimir, I asked, can you get Emma to sleep? Yes. He hissed, reaching for Emma. I can get her. Emma giggled and hopped over the tentacles like jump ropes. Oh no, I blurted. She's not supposed to be having fun. This'll never work. Vlad's tentacles drooped. He slunked under the bed and he was gone. Sorry, Vlad, I called. Boy. Was I sorry? I was about to lose Gabe forever. Now Emma was coloring and singing. Blah, 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 blah. Gabe must have heard her because he was back. That's it, kid, he grunted. You had your three tries. Now it's my turn. Gabe's green oozed sizzle across the floor as he growled, Put the crayon down! Emma peered at my hulking, sharp, clawed monster and said, Fuzzy! Hey, Gabe, I cheered. Emma isn't afraid of you. What? Gabe burst out from under the bed and loomed over Emma. Steam spurted from his ears. Get into bed, Gabe thundered. Emma hopped up, but she kept singing. Fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy monster, Gabe, I said. Emma's not scared enough to fall asleep. Please, let's go back to our room. No can do, kid, Gabe growled. I may not be the perfect monster for Emma, but I am the best so far. At least she's in bed now. I gotta stay here. You're on your own. I knew Emma needed Gabe, but he was my monster. How was I ever going to get to sleep without him? Just then, we heard a tiny noise. <laughs> Emma froze. Gabe and I peered under the bed.
Stella, what are you doing here? Gabe asked. Hi, Gabe, Stella said, tugging on her tutu. You forgot <laughs> your snack. Mama thought you'd be hungry. So she said this. Who knew Gabe had a little sister too? I thought Stella's hiccups were cute, but Emma obviously didn't. Stella sure noticed. She tiptoed closer, hiccuping every step. <laughs> From under her cover, Emma squeaked. Shoo! Shoo! Stella repeated. Oh, shoo! That's where toes go. I love toes. Stella crept towards Emma's feet. Emma squealed, scrunched in her feet, and giggled. No toes! No toes! Gabe laughed. Stella, it looks like you're the perfect monster for Emma. Now, if you don't mind, you can get her to sleep while I get back to what I do best. Stella nodded. <laughs> I sighed and I sighed with relief and switched off Emma's lamp. Then I ran to my room, leaped into bed, and scrunched in my feet so Gabe couldn't get them. I shivered happily. Emma had Stella. I had Gabe. Everything was back to normal. I shivered again. We'd all be asleep in no time. <sighs> the end. See you.